as you've been doing your regular shopping at the supermarket or drugstores, you've no doubt watched as the price tag on many staples has gone up. But have you also noticed shrinking products? If not, you may want to double check that shampoo bottle before you buy, because the phenomenon known as shrinkflation, that's on the rise here in Chicago and across the country. Does that family-sized box of cereal not last as long as it used to? You're not imagining things. Companies have tried to hide inflation by keeping their prices the same, but reducing the size of their products. It's called shrinkflation. 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 Consumer companies that make food and beverages have been shrinking package sizes, weights, and quantities. Now, to find out more, we're talking to Stephanie Zimmerman, consumer investigations reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Hey, Stephanie. Hi, Sasha. How you doing? Doing good. Welcome back. Thanks. Also with us is Edgar Dorsky, who's a former Massachusetts assistant attorney general in consumer protection, also founder of the consumer websites mouseprint.org and consumerworld.org. Welcome to Reset, Edgar. Well, thanks for having me, Sasha. We're also opening up the phones because I definitely want to hear from you. Have you noticed products getting smaller or providing less for the same price? I know you have. Tell us about it at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, you can call us now and join the conversation at 866-915-WBEZ. Stephanie. Have you experienced shrinkflation while oh, you've been shopping? A- absolutely. You know, I I sometimes will have like a shampoo bottle or a hand lotion bottle in the house, like almost all used up, and I go to buy another one, and I bring the new one home, and it's like, what just happened? Something's different here. Exactly. The same thing with snacks. I mean, you know, we're not supposed to be eating chips, but... Um, they have seemed to be shrinking, definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, I gave a little bit of a, a sense of what shrinkflation is, right? Some of us have heard that term. For some, it, for others, it's it's new. But just flesh it out for us. What exactly is happening? Yeah, and this is, you know, this is something that's happened for years, really. I mean, I've seen this way back when I was a, a young reporter back in the 90s. But it took off again last summer. Mm-hmm. People started to really notice it when inflation peaked at about, you know, I think inflation was about 9% a year ago in June. Uh, and and that's when people started noticing things were getting smaller, especially snack foods, cereals, mm-hmm. paper goods, things like that. Some of the recent ones within the last year are, you know, Huggies diapers. You used to get 96 diapers in a package. Now you only get 84. Oh, really? Yes. And like the Charmin Mega Rolls, you still get the same number of rolls in the pack, but each roll, it used to have 264 sheets, and Mm. now it only has 242 sheets. Wow. Um, Oreo Double Stuff Cookies, another example, the family size. It used to be one pound, four ounces. Now it's one pound, 2.71 ounces. So your family size uh, package has a a few less cookies. Yes, cereal. Just, yeah. And, and what happens is the companies just, you know, shear off a little bit of the weight or take a couple cookies out and they hope that you won't notice because the price remains the same. But what that actually is, of course, is a price increase. Yeah. Edgar, good time to bring you in here. Give us some more examples of, of products that you've seen that have shrunk. And uh, I mean, I assume there are some that just can't be right. I, I mean, how can you shrink a carton or of a dozen eggs or a gallon of milk, right? That has to remain a gallon, doesn't it? Well, that's my that's my favorite example. Saying I know it's gone too far when you <laughs> open that carton of eggs and there's only eleven inside the <laughs> carton. But the milk example, there's a company in the Pacific Northwest called Dairy Gold 
their half-gallon paper cartons of ultra-pasteurized milk, 64 ounces, half a gallon, have gone down to 59 ounces. It's kind of unthinkable. And the, the only way a consumer would notice, because the cartons look almost identical, is there are signs put up by the WIC program, Women, Infants, and Children, mm-hmm. that said this product doesn't qualify um, under the WIC program anymore because it's not half a gallon. I think otherwise most people wouldn't have even known that the milk wasn't a half gallon wow. anymore there. So as as Stephanie brought up, Edgar, this is not a new phenomenon. I'm curious when you started noticing it. Well, mine goes all the way back to the 1960s when I was a teenager. My Mounds candy bar always used to be two ounces, then it became 1.9 something ounces. And that was the time when Mr. Whipple was on TV promoting Charmin. Please don't squeeze the Charmin, he implored shoppers. Well, back then, the original Charmin was 650 sheets on a roll. Today's super mega roll of Charmin, which is the the biggest one they make, Mm -hmm. is around 350 sheets. So it's still 60 years later. Um, 300 sheets short it's of the like original. half the size. Oh, my goodness. So, Stephanie, why are companies making these subtle changes uh, to the quantity of their product? Like, what's their reasoning behind this? Yeah, I'm sure they're just figuring that people won't notice. It's a way to implement a price increase without telling you. So, and they're, they're, very, um, they're very tricky. Like, sometimes they'll change the packaging ever so slightly like you'll notice a little curve in the bottle or it'll become more slender or or whatnot and they're they're hoping that you won't notice and of course at some point and that's legal i mean it's so deceptive well not really because they're still labeling it with this with the amount you know they're not they're not putting the old weight on it but how many people are really looking that closely and sometimes you kind of think your mind is playing tricks on you right like was it really that size if you don't have the old bottle in your house anymore you might not really notice Mm. well i mean i'm thinking on the the manufacturer end of things doesn't it cost more for a manufacturer to make different size packaging for the company well, I think it's, you know, they've taken that into account. You know, you sell millions of units and you're cutting off an ounce or two or a few diapers here and there. You're probably more than recouping your losses. And a lot of these companies, especially food companies, have been doing quite well financially during inflation. So I'm sure they've made that. <laughs> they've figured that the package design is going to be worth it in the long run. Let's take a, a call. We've got Ken standing by in Lombard. Hey, Ken, welcome to Reset. Yes, hello. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to put in that, um, you know, over the years, uh, I'm in my 60s, over the years, you know, amounts have gotten bigger and bigger, and there's a certain amount of gluttony involved. I mean, I, I would get a, a bottle of Coke when I was a kid with six and a half ounces, and and then, you know, it was 12 and then 16. And mm-hmm. So... In a way, I'm happy to see sizes go down. I think unit pricing is really essential, and everybody, this is a wake-up that people really have to pay attention to unit pricing, and we need education on that. People need to know how to how to think about that. And then one last thing I wanted to say is that, you know, we've had really low prices on consumer goods 
uh, due to uh, offshoring work and externalizing environmental costs. And as we clean those things up, prices are going to go up, um, you know, let alone with the, the effects of the pandemic that we're going to feel for a decade. So um, we're just going to have to get used to prices being a little higher. The, the, I, I don't mean to sound cruel to people with, without money. It's, that's why, I mean, people who have the money mm-hmm. and complain that things are $3 more than they used to be, you know, I don't feel for them. But we need to make sure that people who don't have money can get the basics. Thanks for for sharing your thoughts there, Ken. Appreciate your call. Uh, Edgar, what do you think about that? I mean, does Ken have a point there? He says that we're just going to have to get used to this. Well, you do have to get used to higher prices. But the, the very important consumer point that he made was unit pricing, that price on the shelf that gives you the cost per ounce or cost per hundred sheets, that's the great equalizer. You can have every manufacturer of cereal playing games, making the box a little narrower, taking out a little bit. How do you compare one to another? You use unit pricing. That will tell you, of all the different brands and sizes, which one really is the best deal. So that really is great consumer advice he offered. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, If you have noticed that those items that you use every day, that they aren't lasting quite as long, you aren't alone. Shrinkflation, this is when companies decrease the amount of a product while keeping the price the same. That's been happening for years, and it's seen this uptick over the last year. Our guests are Stephanie Zimmerman, who's a consumer investigations reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, and Edgar Dworsky, who's founder of the consumer websites mouseprint.org and consumerworld.org. We also want to hear from you. Call us and join the conversation. Tell us how you've been impacted by shrinkflation at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that number is 866-915-WBEZ. So, Edgar, we mentioned earlier uh, rising inflation and shrinkflation. They often happen around the same time. Why is that? Well, basically what manufacturers tell me when I've asked them, why would you make the product smaller? They say their costs are going up. They'll tell me the cost of raw materials has gone up. They'll tell me that it costs more to get to the store. They're, uh, so gasoline prices are higher. Um, they'll tell me the labor costs have gone up. And they have to figure out how do they pass that on to the consumer. They have a few choices. They can raise the price directly, but they know most shoppers are price conscious, and they'll recognize that price increase pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. They can change the ingredients, substitute some cheaper ingredients, reformulate the product. Or they can choose the third option, which is the sneaky one, make the product a little smaller, because they know most consumers are not net weight conscious. They won't notice it. But what that really is, it's a backdoor price increase. Mm. That's why many manufacturers choose that option. What are you hearing, Stephanie, from from folks about how it's impacting their their day-to-day shopping? Our caller just a few moments ago was talking about just low-income versus, you know, folks who maybe have a few extra dollars. Right. I mean, I think consumers are frustrated. Uh, There was a survey that came out of the Federal Reserve does annual consumer surveys. Mm -hmm. And this was actually done in October, but it was just released this month. About two-thirds of people surveyed said they either stopped using a product or used less of it 
because of inflation. And about 64% of people said they switched to a cheaper product. So mm. I think people So just are, changing brands. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think people are noticing it in their budget. And I think they're frustrated. They don't know exactly what to do about it. Yeah. I mean, Edgar, inflation, it's been coming down in recent months. And it's certainly lower than it was around this time last year. So what I'm trying to wrap my mind around is is why shrinkflation is continuing. Because costs are still up for manufacturers. Yeah. That's the basic reason. So if it's not up 9% anymore and only up 5%, okay. So instead of taking off 10 sheets on a roll of, of, of toilet paper or paper towels, they'll only take off five sheets. It's kind of a euphemism when you hear these major manufacturers say, oh, we have to raise prices. That should trigger in your mind, oh, that big company just said maybe they're going to raise prices by making the product a little smaller. Mm -hmm. So that can kind of give folks a clue. If a big paper manufacturer says that, you better check your paper towels and toilet paper to see that you're getting the same amount or not. So if if manufacturing costs... Ease, does that typically reduce price, prices? Um, prices will go down, but what you won't see, you won't see product sizes going up. Ah. That roll of paper towels is not going to add back the 10 sheets. Now, you may on occasion Come see on. a bonus pack, as they call it, where they're giving you 10% extra, but that's temporary. What we do see when a product has become so small manufacturers then introduce, for example, a double-size roll Mm -hmm. or a triple roll or a quadruple roll. And actually, just today, I noticed for the first time, Bounty is coming out with a mega roll because they've made the regular roll so small. (laughs) And now that that mega roll is probably what it was originally. Right. You know, uh, I, upon a time. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, Edgar was telling me also when the chips get too small and people start to notice that that bag of chips is really, really, really shrunken, then they come out with party size and party size is more expensive. <laughs> so they've got all kinds of tricks. Party size. But, you know, I think it's also worth noting in that discussion that some of these companies are doing really well for themselves, like the Oreos, which we talked about. Um, they they eliminated a couple ounces off of their double stuff Oreo family size. And, and they also reported first quarter profit 100, 142% above last Last year, they gave uh, $928 million back to their shareholders in dividends and stock buybacks. So some of these companies, I think it can be questioned whether it's entirely a deserved price increase or whether they uh, took advantage of the fact that people are aware of inflation and decided to make more money. Yeah, good point. Let's hear from another caller. Here's Beth in Rogers Park. Hey, Beth. Welcome. Hello. Hi. So I started pay attention started paying attention to like the sizes and I actually think packet prepackaged food is extremely expensive so I started actually making my own tortilla chips where I can get a pack of corn tortillas for 66 cents mm. versus a $3 bag of of corn chips. Um That's a good tip. It does take Yeah, and then also just overusing products. I think people tend to um like laundry detergent, dish detergent, I started using a lot less and noticing things were just as clean um, to kind of save money. Yeah. 
But I also wanted to just make a quick comment. I remember years ago, White Castle used to sell hamburgers, and they, they said they were flavor holes because they would actually take out some of the meat oh my. to probably save money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> This was like a long time ago, but we always thought it was hysterical that it's just actually, no, you're serving less product. That is so funny. uh, Rebranding it as flavor (laughs) holes. Oh, my. (laughs) Thanks for telling us that, Beth. Appreciate your call. Uh, Edgar, I mean, do you see a lot of folks doing what Beth is doing? I mean, she mentioned that she just started making her own chips. are, Are folks making their own products just to save money? I think you really have to rethink your purchases. If you're an automatic shopper and you always grab the name brand, I think more people are thinking, well, I need to switch to the store brand. Or think of a substitute, as she mentioned, and getting a different product that can serve the same purpose. Mm. Um, We really just have to be much more cognizant of prices and sizes. Then we can make more informed decisions every time we shop. Anything policymakers could do, Edgar, to to prevent companies from engaging in these practices? Well, uh, if I could wave a a magic wand, you'd you'd want them to say, look, new smaller size right on the package (laughs) in a big starburst. The trouble is that's not going to happen. There's only one place in the world where there's a law, and that's in Brazil. In Brazil, if you're going to downsize a product, you have to put the old size on the product the new size, and state what the percentage reduction is. Would that ever happen here? I'm afraid not. Mm. Edgar Dworsky is a former Massachusetts assistant attorney general in consumer protection and founder of the consumer websites mouseprint.org and consumerworld.org. Edgar, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. We've also been talking with Stephanie Zimmerman, who's a consumer investigations reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. She will be sticking around. We're going to continue the conversation on how consumer product sizes and prices are changing and what that means for you. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are continuing our conversation about shrinkflation. Now, you can think of it as inflation's broke cousin, whereas inflation makes prices go up. Shrinkflation is when prices stay the same, but the product sizes change. So in the case of your favorite 16-ounce drink, the smaller 12-ounce drink now costs the same price. Still with us to break down what this means for consumers is Stephanie Zimmerman, consumer investigations reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And joining us now is Alex Chernev, professor of marketing at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Hi, professor. Welcome to Reset. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We are also still taking your calls. Have you noticed that your favorite items are shrinking? Or do you have maybe your own consumer saving tip that you want to share? Join the conversation at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that number is 866-915-WBEZ. Professor Chernev, we have been talking this hour about all the different ways that companies are shrinking their products, trying to save a buck. Just help us to better understand why companies are taking this approach. Uh, yes, of course. Um, so there are two ways to look at this. One is uh, from the company's perspective, from the economic perspective, cost of goods go up, inflation goes up, and then the companies have only two options, either to increase the size of uh, the, the price of the package or make the package smaller. And very often they tend to choose the 
smaller package option. And the reason for that is uh, something we uh, often call the unit bias. Uh, so what is unit bias? People are more sensitive to changes in price than changes in quantity. Hmm. And this is because we often think about packages uh, as units. I need to buy a box of cereal. I need to buy a candy. I need to buy a muffin. And we don't think about the size of the of the package. And the, uh, very few people actually know how big a muffin or a box of cereal actually should be. Yeah, that's how true. Many ounces, right? Right. So, and because of that, because we think about units, the size of the unit does not matter that much, which makes it easier for companies to shrink the unit a little bit and uh, keep the price the same. Right. Because once you change that price, we'll definitely notice that. For sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we know exactly, we don't know exactly, but we're more sensitive to changes in prices because we'll notice something. I used to pay $3. Now it's $3.25. Right. But if the box shrinks, uh, it's less noticeable. Yeah. Got uh, it. What's, yeah. What's more important is even if people notice that, they still will be very often willing to pay um, or to choose the smaller package at the same price versus the um, larger, the same uh, size package for a higher price. More expensive. Yeah. You know, Stephanie, in your article for the Sun-Times, you note a consumer survey that found nearly half of shoppers switched to a different brand after discovering the size change. You, you started to mention that earlier, but dig into that for us. And I'm curious what you think that reveals now about how folks are feeling. Yeah, that was a morning consult um, consumer survey that showed that once people realized the product was shrinking and <laughs> they came to that realization, just about half of them said that they switched to a different brand. So I think some consumers are noticing and are getting fed up. I mean, it's true that a lot of us have brand loyalty and we just kind of keep buying the same thing over and over. But when people do notice, they seem to they seem to get a little mad about it. Um, you know, and inflation, it is actually easing. There's, it, there still is inflation, of course. The, the last consumer price index was up just under 5%, 4.9% in April year over year, right? Mm -hmm. But for the past 10 months, inflation has actually been easing. So things are getting better, but I think consumers are not um, feeling that confidence yet, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing that's kind of ominous in that Federal Reserve consumer survey was that just over half of consumers said that because of inflation, they had reduced their savings. And that shows you, you know, people are not uh, feeling confident enough or able even to stow away money for the future, which is a little bit um, troubling. Yeah. You know, Professor Trenev, you, you talked a moment ago about uh, how things are looking from the company's perspective, right? And and why they are shrinking the these products. But I wonder to what degree, you know, that this is not a scam of some sort, right? I mean, I, I don't think any customer likes to be scammed. And I feel like quietly shrinking products it feels like something that you shouldn't be doing, regardless of whether or not we're going to notice or not. Yeah, of course. I mean, nobody is happy when the prices go up. The issue is how do you present this, right? If you just raise prices, people will be as unhappy uh, as, in, as in this case, maybe even uh, more unhappy. So um, the question is, um, 
given that there is inflation, what is the best way to manage it? And um, I, I totally agree. So shrinking the package, maybe it's not the best option from economic standpoint because you spend actually more money on packaging. Mm -hmm. It's not as environmentally friendly because then we have to dispose of that packaging. Right. But again, when people are given, and we've done studies on this, when people are given the option to buy the same product, um, whether it's a lower package or higher price, people prefer to keep price the same and get the smaller quantity. Yeah. I want to read this comment from, we had a caller, Dan in Berwyn, who couldn't stay on the line, but he did share this. He said uh, to him, this is just a money grab by corporations. So, uh, Professor, to Dan's point, to what degree is corporate greed driving this? Uh, I mean, it really depends. You, uh, you you cannot generalize this for, for all companies. Uh, again, the company, most companies have responsibility to shareholders to make as much money as possible. On the other hand, you have the ethical perspective. You don't want to, you want to make sure you do, you're not deceiving uh, consumers. So you really have to balance those the, 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 two, uh, two perspectives. And in case of the package size, most companies disclose that. They don't make it very prominent. They disclose this. And uh, again, you can see it in the uh, unit pricing. Mm -hmm. Most people don't pay attention to unit pricing. Right. Uh, or if you do it, maybe you do it for one or two items of all of your grocery shopping. But so the case is, in most cases, people would not notice it. But even if they notice, they get upset. Uh, which is understandable. They also get upset if you raise prices. And at the end of the day, some of them still end up buying the same yeah. brand because of habit. Because of habit. And sometimes it's just an item that you need. <laughs> it's, it's bread, it's milk, you know, it's it's a staple. Uh, Stephanie, is there any will on the part of the of a federal agency? I'm thinking the, the Federal Trade Commission, for instance, which is supposed to oversee consumer protections. Any will on their part to maybe crack down on this kind of deception? Yeah, I mean, I think there isn't like, you know, like the professor said, it's not like they're violating the law. They are putting the actual weight of the product on there. So it's not like they are being deceptive. I don't I actually think it's just, you know, it's just capitalism. It's a free market there. It's just it's, business. It's just business. That's I mean, the way it, it is. It's in small print, but it's on there. Yeah, it's on there. And it's funny because I reached out to all of the companies that we had in the story in the Sun-Times and not a single one responded. <laughs> and I gave them more than one opportunity. I said, I really want your voice in this story, but they don't like to talk about it. Yeah, I can understand why. Here's John in Bolingbrook. Hey, John, welcome to Reset. Yes. Uh, hello. Um, thank you for uh, taking my call. Sure. Um, I, uh, we often talk about inflation and shrinkflation, but but this morning I I, I coined a new word, pointflation, uh, because uh, I've been with Starbucks for a very long time, and and to redeem um, handcraft beverages, it used to be one twenty points, but now you have to, it's two hundred points. Wait, so did you did you say pointflation, John? Was that yes. the word? Yes, yes. Wow. Because, because now you need more points to get the same to redeem the same product. So uh, it's not just in the product; it, it, it's in everywhere. Whether you're members mm. of, uh, of 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 uh, of, a, of a store, or uh, you know, you have points from what you purchase, but when it's time to redeem it, you have to pay. You, you need more points to redeem the same product. So, 
Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So, so John's talking about uh, Starbucks customers. Of course, they use their points to get free drinks, and now it's that's costing you more. Right. And I've noticed that for a while now, um, also just more restrictions on point programs, like certain brands will be excluded or there's a certain time window or whatnot. Um, yeah. I mean, that is, it's like, uh, it's a lot like the shrinking products, shrinking points, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Professor, at some point... You shrink a product enough, a customer will see that they're not getting a good deal, right? Like if you have a, a bag of Doritos, but you, you find yourself spending $3 on a bag of nine chips, <laughs> I mean, anyone can tell that that is a terrible deal and they'll decide, you know what, I'm just no longer going to eat Doritos. So how do companies weigh that calculation? Well, uh, of course, I mean, there's a limit to how much you can shrink a package right. before uh, consumers notice it, right? So, and that's why the unit bias is assumes that people see it as one unit. You still see it as one bag of chips. Uh, at some point, uh, you <laughs> when you have to shrink the package so small that it's actually very different type of unit, what companies are doing, then you have the introduce the mega pack. And the mega pack is usually priced as the original um, kind of... Um, uh, a bag of uh, chips or, or um, uh, other products. And um, then there's a big comparison. You can buy the uh, larger product for significantly more money or the smaller mini pack for, for, for uh, much less money. Yeah. But kind of the, the, to put kind of a positive spin on that, in some categories, it's not as bad as it might sound. And this is uh, in particular in, in the food category. Uh, so one thing which happens with uh, the food that we take home, the more food we take home, the more we consume. And True. that's part something which contributes to the obesity epidemic. So, so this is healthier. Less food home is actually can be good in some sense. Hmm. Your thoughts on that, Stephanie? Did well, that come up in your reporting? I th I think he's absolutely right. I mean, one of the strategies to avoid this is just to to avoid that entire category that's very sensitive to this uh, shrinkflation, which is chips, candy, ice cream, all those snack foods, um, sugary cereals. You know, you could just do away with that and save money. Mm -hmm. And you know, we we talked a. Uh, a lot about uh, just some of the different uh, tactics, you know, companies use to uh, sort of reduce the size of these different products from drinks to chips to shampoo bottles, et cetera. Um, but some changes might not be visible to buyers, but the quality of the product goes down, right? So I'm thinking of that term skimpflation. Can you talk about that? Yeah, skimflation is when a company decides to keep the weight of the product the same and the price the same, but they switched around the ingredients. So maybe they added a higher percentage of one of the cheaper ingredients in that product and a lower percentage of the more expensive ingredients. But you're really playing with fire there as a manufacturer because a lot of people will notice that. They'll notice that the product doesn't taste the same. It doesn't feel the same in their mouth. Um, it might actually behave differently in a recipe. Um, there, I, I've noticed that backfiring sometimes when they go too far with the skimflation. Mm, that's a that's a good point. Uh, let's hear from one more caller. Here's Alicia in Brainerd, Minnesota. Hey, Alicia, welcome to Reset. 
Oh, hi. Um, actually, I'm in Brainerd, Chicago. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi. But um, I was calling to just check in and say, people keep asking when inflation uh, and shrinkflation will go back down. I mean, where's the intersection between shrinkflation and price gouging? Because I believe these companies already know people will pay this amount for the product. Why would they now make it cheaper? Hmm. Good question, Alicia. Professor, can you weigh in on that? Yes, of course. I mean, it's called competition. Uh, In some sense, again, if you overprice your product, another company would come up with a way to to deliver the same quality product at a lower price. So uh, that's that's one perspective. The other one is um, really preserving your brand. If you have a strong brand, one thing you're trying to do, you're trying to preserve the image of this brand. And if you start uh, behaving in a way that consumers might perceive as unethical, whether changing the formulation of the product or reducing the size of the product to to, to a larger degree than than it seems acceptable, then you might dilute or erode your brand. And, And brands are one of the most valuable assets for many companies. We'll have to leave it there. That's Alex Chernev, Professor of Marketing at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University, and Stephanie Zimmerman, Consumer Investigations Reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.